Cancelo, guys, and welcome to Otson Conmebol Qualifiers for the World Cup 15th match day. And we have many national teams uh, trying to get their ticket to Qatar. So let's analyze all five games, of course, with Leo Batsanian and with you. Leave a comment below with your tips and predictions. And don't forget to press the like and subscribe. Let's go on now with the show. Fifteen match day in the Conmebol and we have an international break, of course. And we have Leo Bachanian to analyze with us this new match day. How are you, Leo? How are you? It's a pleasure to be again uh, with you and with the South American World Cup qualifiers. Very exciting, as always. So the ones that are missing the football clubs keep a close eye in this <laughs> uh, Conmebol qualifiers because it's very interesting. Many national teams are fighting to get a ticket. To Qatar, starting with the first game, we have Ecuador-Brazil. Here, Brazil are completely qualified, but Ecuador, they are in a great moment. They are third, they are close to get their ticket to Qatar. And the positive thing for them, Leo, is that at home, they are very, very strong and they are coming yes. from an amazing and key victory in Chile. Absolutely, Edu, yes. I don't think so. To be honest, many Ecuadorians would have fought before the last match in Santiago against uh, Resurging Chile, that they will uh, be hosting Brazil in Quito, knowing that the win against an already qualified Brazil will leave them so close to qualification to, to Qatar. The truth is that the 0-2 away win uh, against La Roja, added to other results, was one of the most significant ones for Gustavo's, Gustavo Alfaro's uh, era and for the three. Even a draw will be celebrated in, in advance against, uh, against Brazil. Also true that the trip to Lima next week should not be taken uh, lightly, but there is a sense in the people of uh, Ecuador that one of the four direct spots to Qatar, which uh, could become their fourth particip participation in the World Cup, uh, will, be, will be for them. The main thing is that Ecuador has accumulated 23 points, mm. six more than its uh, immediate uh, pursuers, which are Colombia and Peru, who stands fifth in the playoff pot because of goal difference. That means that the three has taken six points ahead of the direct rivals with 12 points uh, at stake. The equation is simple and indicates that unless a footballing catastrophe happens to the three, Gustavo Alfaro's players can start telling Edu their family and friends that they won't be available for a gathering or for <laughs> dinner between the end of November and the beginning of, uh, of December. The tree has collected 10 out of uh, the last 15 uh, points at play. When you take into account some of the friendlies that they played recently, they are unbeaten in the last five matches. Also, they have won five out of seven games played at home these qualifiers with one draw and uh, losing one against uh, Peru. Uh, they hold Brazil for a draw in the Copa America. So if on Thursday they pull something remotely similar, they will be, that will be magnificent for, for them. However, they haven't managed uh, to get three points against Brazil in the last five encounters at home. Uh, Brazil is clearly the, the favorite. The Verde Amarela has lost, has lost none of the last 23 away games. And when you have so much talent at, to your disposal, even to play in the altitude of, uh, of Quito does not represent maybe a, a critical threat. The talent in attack is just unparalleled for this double fixture against Ecuador and Paraguay next week. Tite called uh, Vinicius Jr., Gabriel Jesus, 
Anthony, Rafinha, Paquetá, Mateos Cunha, Gabriel Barbosa, Everton Ribeiro, Rodrigo, also Philippe Coutinho is back with the call after his move on loan to Aston Villa, where he scored on his debut against Manchester United coming from, from the bench. So, Edu, yes, Brazil is the favorite, and 2.39 for an away win is not bad at all. No. Uh, Ecuador scored four against Uruguay, scored six against Colombia, three against Bolivia, and two against Paraguay. They have even scored when they lost one-two with Peru. So I see them scoring here as well. Both teams to score has odds of 2.04. And if you look for goals over 2.5, that gives you odds of 2.46. Not bad. No, you are reading my mind. Actually, it's good to go for the over market here because, as you said, Brazil have a lot of quality. Ecuador always score and it pays uh, way better the over. As you mentioned, 2.46, then the under 1.68. Also, as you said, the both teams to score and good analyzing that or highlighting that Ecuador only lost one game playing at home in this road to Qatar against Peru, but Brazil have lost none. And the odds, uh, we never see these odds for Brazil eh, to win yes. 2.39. Yes. So it's very good to take a look. Yes, attractive, yes. Then uh, here both teams are very happy in Quito, Ecuador and Brazil. The next ones are doomed. Uh, Paraguay, Uruguay. After how many years we've seen uh, Maestro Tavares in Uruguay? 15 years. After 15 years. Ed. 15 years. Then now we have a change. Uh, he was sacked after the defeat. Yes. 3 against Bolivia. Four consecutive defeats for Uruguay. Now their participation in Qatar is in real risk and they are facing a team, uh, Leo, that also changed the manager and we didn't see anything positive, I guess, also with Barros Esqueleto on the bench. No goals for Paraguay in the last five games. Difficult to know what to expect uh, in this Paraguay-Uruguay. Uh, yes, it's a moment of truth for Uruguay, now managed by Diego Alonso, as mm -hmm. we said, after 15 years of having Maestro Washington uh, Tavares. Let's see, Edu. Uruguay is seventh, one point behind the fourth, Colombia, and the fifth, Peru, and with the same points uh, as the sixth, which is Chile. Uruguay's problem is that they are losing in goal difference, Edu. That is because the heavy defeats they suffer in three of the last four games. Let's recap. 4-1 against Brazil, 3-0 with Argentina, and 3-0 with Bolivia. So is the situation for Uruguay a disaster? Is it very complicated? Well, obviously, it's far from, from ideal. However, there is a caveat. When, when you compare the situation that Diego Alonso has inherited uh, with how the situation was for Uruguay in previous qualifications, you will notice that Uruguay has already been in this situation and that, therefore, they are immersed in a deja vu, I would say, rather than being afraid of facing something completely new. The World Cup uh, qualifiers head-to-head -head in, Asunc in Asuncion does not register great news historically for, for Uruguay. On the road to France, 98, Korea and Japan 2002, Germany 2006 and South Africa 2010, the Charruas lost the four times they played in Asuncion. They, con they conceded eight times and scored only four goals. But the tendency, it may have started to shift because before Brazil 2014, there was a 1-1 draw and before Russia, Uruguay snatched the three points. Uh, 
And that triumph is important in the current context, Edu, because they play in the round of fixtures number 16, when both needed to win to almost secure qualifications and uh, goals from Betancourt and from Luis Suarez gave Uruguay a very important one to victory. Uh, on the road to Brazil 2014, also Edu, Uruguay had 16 points after 14 round of fixtures and managed to access the playoff spot. On the road to Germany, they had 17 points. And on the road to South Africa, they had 18, which is two more than now. The serious problems, I believe, uh, Edu, that for Alonso's team is that what is really worrying as, as well is that the number of goals they have scored so far and they have conceded among, are among the worst mm -hmm. since the qualifier for France in 98. They have 14 goals only and, and 21 against. They have lost already six times, which is their second worst record in 25 years. And we are still four games from the finish line. Uh, Uruguay has to reach 24 points at the very least. That is eight more than they have right now. From 2002 to 2014, Uruguay always finished in fifth place in the qualifiers. The only exception was on the road to Russia when they managed a direct spot. To summarize it, yes, Uruguay know how to suffer anyway, even if the situation is uh, quite complicated. And for Paraguay, Edu, for me, they're without chance to achieve qualification. Even if they beat Uruguay next week, they travel to Brazil. They are winless in the last five matches with three defeats and two draws. Zero. Playing at home, they managed to win only one of their seven games. And if Uruguay has been struggling to score, even with the names they have in attack, what is left for Paraguay, which so far counts nine goals in their pockets. So, Edu, uh, as in the case of Brazil, the odds for an away victory are good. 2.55, the odds for Uruguay taking the three points here. And the 2.5 goals market comes with the low odds, which are 1.54, which is rightly to expect, I believe, in this, in this match. So for a better return, maybe it will be worth to look at goals under 1.75, which has odds of 2.25. I will look at the half with most goals market, with the second half being my choice, which has odds of 2.2. And uh, for those not so much willing to risk on an Albi Roja win, the Asian Handicap Zero for Paraguay, which will see your stake refounded if they draw, has odds of 2.19. Mm, indeed, uh, both teams struggled to score in the last game, so we shouldn't expect many goals, uh, but it pays very low. Under two goals only pays two, so you get a stake refund if we see two goals, but uh, you highlighted some good markets. Uh, if you want also to back the Charruas to win with the insurance of Adro, very likely here, I think, uh, odds are 1.8 in case you want to be a little bit more cautious. This is a key game. Also, the following one, Chile-Argentina. Strangely, Leo is going to be played in Calama in the north yes. of the country instead of in the capital. And I'm very, very surprised to see these odds for Argentina. I would put my money immediately there. Chile is without Arturo Vidal. They are coming from a defeat at home. They are far from being good playing at home this year and of course what to expect about Argentina is the team that is uh, 
and beaten for many, many games, not even Brazil. 27. So Scaloni has an amazing record, and I don't see Chile fit enough to beat Argentina. The the Roja is facing the toughest fixtures of all, Edu. It's not only Argentina. They are going to the altitude of La Paz next week, and in March they will face Brazil away and finish their qualifying campaign at home with Uruguay. And and they are facing these fixtures at the back of a, of a defeat that still resonates in Santiago because they have not only lost a match with Ecuador in November, not only uh, they lost Arturo Vidal for the next two matches because of a red card, more importantly, they have lost the opportunity of being in a direct qualification spot and only one point behind the, the third place. But let's see, they have 16 points, only one behind the playoff spot. On the road to Russia, they arrived to the 15 round of fixtures with 23 points. But they still couldn't reach the World Cup. So the hope this time is that the opposite happens. To start the last four rounds with less points, but to end the campaign celebrating a qualification. But for any chance of a celebration, they should start with a win against Argentina mm -hmm. and trying to bring something uh, from La Paz. But the problem, similar to Uruguay, Edu, is that Lasarte's uh, team does not score enough. In 1998, in 2010, in 2014, when they did qualify for the World Cups, they always scored more than 20 goals after 14 round of fixtures. These times they show only 15. And to make things worse, uh, they will face a team, Argentina, which have not conceded a goal in their last six qualifiers. The last one to pass Emiliano Martinez was Jefferson's hotel in September, and that was uh, with a penalty in the last minute. Also, the head-to-head -head in Chile does not show great results for La Roja. Since 1998, Argentina won four of the last times they faced each other on the on the road to a World Cup, the last two visits included. Uh, in the reverse fixture, the result was 1-1, uh, uh, which was also the same result as in the group stage in the last uh, Copa America. Against uh, the Albi Celeste, they are moving, as you said, the, the game to the Atacama Desert, trying to see if the altitude of almost 2,000 meters could also play uh, a role in their favor. It is the first time since, 19, uh, since 1989 uh, that Chile moves a qualifying match from Santiago. But despite the head-to-head -head that I was telling you before, Edu, of course, the good news for Chile is the, is the absence of Messi, which is not the only one in Argentina. Christian Romero is out injured and also those who are guaranteed a place in the starting 11 uh, like Paredes, De Paul or Lo Celso are not having a great season no. uh, neither and they are not playing also many minutes like Lo Celso and Paredes although he played the 90 minutes last night for, for PSG. Uh, this should be a good opportunity to see players like Emiliano Buendia or Alexis McAllister who are both enjoying a good run in, in the Premier League. Also, the eyes will be focused on Julian Alvarez, the River Plate uh, the striker, who is getting closer to sign for Manchester City. Uh, Argentina will try to keep the, the record alive. As I said, they have gone 27 games without losing so far under Lionel Scaloni, the best strike in the world at the moment, and it's four games away from equaling uh, Basile's uh, record. So, for a team like Argentina that kept six consecutive clean sheets, to have odds of 2.9 for adding another one is not bad at all. Uh, as Argentina also has almost always the tendency of scoring first. In this road to Qatar, only one time 
they haven't scored the first goal of the match. Uh, and for Friday's match, the Albi Celeste to score first come with odds of 2.2. No bad. And the nation handicap of minus 0.5 for Argentina has odds of 2.75. Edu. It's very good. The odds we have for Argentina, as we mentioned, the victory for the Albiceleste, 3.0. These are great odds. If you are a bit more cautious, it's your handicap zero, 2.12. So if there is a draw, you get your money back. I think we have great odds to back Argentina, especially because Chile always suffer without the strength and the power of Arturo Vidal, for sure. They will miss the Saul and the warrior no, of uh, <laughs> Chile in this uh, clash with two countries that they have a history <laughs> in common and uh, for sure uh, Argentina will want to beat Chile. Then uh, the fourth game is Colombia-Peru. You mentioned how Chile struggle scoring. What to say about Colombia? Five winless games uh, yes. without scoring. Four of them were draws. The manager Rueda was heavily, heavily, heavily criticized in the last games because they were not even able to beat Paraguay. The good news is that, for instance, some strikers like Muriel finally is uh, looking a bit better with Atalanta. But be careful, Leo, because Peru, they had a great uh, last international break beating uh, Venezuela and Bolivia. And they are again in the road to Qatar in the race to get a ticket to Qatar. Yes, this is a what a nerve-wracking, uh, I would say, encounter will be this one. It's one of those matches that when you watch it as an extra, you think, I'm so glad my team is not in that situation and, and you can relax and, and watch the game. Uh, let's see, Peru should add six of the 12 points in dispute, which means at least victories at home against Ecuador next week and uh, against Paraguay that in March. With this, uh, Ricardo Gareca's team will reach 23 points. A tally that could could allow them to to be fifth if the trends of results for the other teams keep on coming the, the same way. But everything is so tight in this Commonwealth World Qualifier setup that uh, on this round of fixtures, Peru could go from fifth to the eighth position in the table if results don't go their way. Um, but there is a risk that Uruguay could take uh, that place if they manage to improve their goal difference also, which now stands minus five for Peru and minus seven for the Charrua. So it's something as well they need to look at the, the goal difference. Uh, therefore, the, the great challenge for the Blanqui Roja uh, will be to get over those 23 points, basically forcing them to get something from their way fixture, started with Colombia on, on Thursday. Uh, a quick recap of what recent uh, history tells. Uh, Peru about their last four rivals. They haven't won in Colombia for 20 years. At home with Ecuador, they show four consecutive victories. Against Uruguay, they haven't won in Montevideo in the last 17 years. And against Paraguay, they have never lost in Lima for a World Cup qualifier. So kind of a mixed feelings there for, for the Peruvian. Uh, for the good or for the bad, the advantage uh, for Peru is that they will face direct rivals for the fourth and the fifth spot. Uh, before starting training this weekend with those players who started to arrive in uh, to Lima, Gareca had the opportunity to play two friendlies in the previous weeks against Jamaica and, and Panama, with the idea of seeing those who did not feature much lately. So there are still a few doubts about uh, his team. Something shows that La Padula 
Gianluca Lapadula, despite the fact that he has not played an official match for his Italian side Benevento since December 15, because of a dispute with the with the board of directors, is going to start because he's the best striker that Gareca has nowadays at his disposal. When it comes to Colombia, there are five games without being able, as you said, win or score, although two of those uh, games were against Brazil. Uh, the concrete thing is that in the last three home games, they have not passed 0-0 against Brazil, Ecuador and Paraguay. Uh, however, in the last friendly, uh, last week, they, they beat Honduras and they managed to score. That was a 2-1 at home. <laughs> in addition, <laughs> it's something, Edu, at least. Honduras. In, yeah. <laughs> yeah. in addition, Reinaldo Rueda would not be able to, to count with Luis Fernando Muriel uh, due to health issues. Neither Duban Zapata and Juan Fernando Quintero, both of them because of injury. However, he still comes with James Rodriguez, Radamel Falcao, Luis Diaz, Rafael Santos Borré, and, and Juan Cuadrado. All in all, Edu, I, because of this talent at their disposal, and even though uh, they are struggling to score, I press Colombia as five as favorites, although I don't see it as the bookies that give quite low odds for yeah. Cafeteros at 1.70, and such high odds as six for Peru. That is why a double chance for those still fans in Peru comes, in my opinion, with more realistic odds of 2.25. And if Emiliano Martinez is doing great for Argentina, what to say about David Ospina? So that's why I will look for Colombia to win 2-0 with odds of 2.45. An Asian handicap of minus one for Colombia comes with a 2.3. Then Colombia to win to nil, you place them as favorites under two goals. Uh, odds are 2.11 if we expect uh, a low scoring game, I guess, because Colombia struggle a lot. And you mentioned the double chance for Peru. This is a good one for those who believe that Peru is going to get something out of Barranquilla. Also, Asian Handicap plus one for Peru is 1.7. That's not bad. And if they lose for one goal, you even have a stake refund. All that in the Colombia-Peru, very interesting one. And the last one, we have Venezuela-Bolivia. And probably not the most optimistic of the Bolivians would have thought that they can still qualify for the World Cup. But this is a reality because they are very good at home. They beat Uruguay 3-0 in the last game. That, why not, Leo? They still have the chance to go to Qatar, but the ticket comes also to get a victory away from home because they haven't won yet away from Bolivia and they have the chance to do it against Venezuela. It's the weakest team in the continent. Can you see Bolivia winning in Venezuela? Uh, I see it difficult. Uh, also, is the return of Jose Nestor Peckerman to a Commonwealth qualifier, this time leading the, the Binotinto Edu. And the problem and the trouble, and I think when you are doing your, the introduction to this game, you, you click the right, the right button because what do, you mentioned Bolivia's record at home because what would have been of Bolivia's chances if they could have managed to at least win one of their seven away games? They have 15 points and the answer is easy. They will be now be in a direct qualification spot if they had managed to win at least only one of their seven away games. Uh, for Bolivia, it's the first time since the road to France 1998. Anyway, that they are like four matches away from the finish line uh, with only two points separating them from uh, their dream of returning to, to a World Cup. The good feeling going into this fixture against uh, Venezuela is that the Binotinto was the last team that Bolivia defeated away from home and they have done it in style with a 7-1. 
but that was in 1993. So that was a long time ago. And when you look for the most recent head-to-head playing in Venezuela, there is another high scoring, a 5-0 thrashing, but in this case for the Vinotinto. Uh, once again, they will depend on what Marcelo Moreno Martins, the goal scorer of this road to Qatar with nine goals, could do in, in attack. Uh, so, as I mentioned, the return of Jose Néstor Perkerman to a Comebol uh, qualifier, he has a massive challenge in front of him with the, with the only South American nation never to qualify for a World Cup. The first thing for him will be to rebuild some sort of stability in a national team that between 2001 and 2013 had only two managers. But since 2014, they already count six. So despite what the table shows, I place Venezuela as favorite Edu. I think a team willing to show the new manager that they deserve to be counted on is going to play uh, its part. Plus what I said about Bolivia's uh, record uh, away from home. Bolivia's uh, this kind of like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde's faces, no? Home and away does not help the, their cause. I expect goals for this one. Both teams to score with odds of two and goals over 2.75 with odds of 2.4 and uh, also half-time full-time market with Venezuela leading in both has odds of 2.9 Edu. This is a good one. Actually, Venezuela half-time full-time. Both teams are kind of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Venezuela also is competitive when they play at home, even they put a fight against Brazil, but away they are terrible. And what to say about <laughs> Bolivia's yeah. record away? Yeah, we all know that. Then uh, this is it, Leo. We have two games in this uh, window of uh, Comebol <laughs> qualifiers. It's going to be exciting and it's always very complicated uh, betting on Comebol because there are so many surprises, but still we can try to make Anaka and win more money. Yeah. Let's see, Edu. For Ecuador, Brazil, I'll go for both teams to score. Yeah. Paraguay, Uruguay, half with most goals, with the second half being my choice. Yeah. Chile against Argentina, goals under 2.5. Yeah. Colombia against Peru, Colombia to win 2-0. Yeah. And uh, Venezuela against Bolivia, I will look for goals over 2.75. All in all, this gives me an ACA of 31, 31.12. Yeah, I know you're laughing. I was I laughing knew. myself as well. I knew it was going to be big. It's very <laughs> <laughs> difficult, these Comeball qualifiers, but it's great to watch them. So if you like, if you live in Europe no, or in Africa and you want to stay awake, it's very nice and very competitive, especially in this road to Qatar and it's good to learn a lot about South American football with you Leo thank you very much and see you I appreciate it and see you next week huge odds for this ACA that Leo is gonna try but remember we have very good odds if we want to back Argentina or Brazil playing away let me know what you think about these Comeball qualifiers in the comment section and don't forget to press the like and subscribe to our channel besides we have a podcast in case you want to listen to our videos Thanks for watching and see you soon.